0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for Conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is Meditation and Mindfulness with Rabbi Adam Klickfeld. We're post all the chagim. Um, if we go back in time to not only the biblical era but the early biblical era, um, as you as you might know, as you think about it, the next thing on the calendar is Pesach right? Um, aside from, you know, the Shabbatot and and Rosh Chodesh, um, in the biblical era, there's no Hanukkah because the event hasn't happened yet. Early in the biblical era, there's no Purim because the event hasn't happened yet. There's no Tishabav because the temple hasn't been destroyed yet. If we're living in the era of the first temple, the next moment on the calendar that has some significance as a peak is Pesach. So um, Cheshvan, which is the month after Uh, that we're going to start next week, which is often called Mar Cheshvan, was understood midrashically to be bitter because it's a month that has no Jewish holidays in it after Tishrei, which had a surplus of them. And it began a series of months that had nothing, nothing to catch our spiritual attention. This is where midrash clashes with or be, or be, or maybe fills in the gaps with scholarship because The word, the month cheshvan, apparently, etymologically, really was originally mar cheshvan. And believe it or not, it's from Akkadian and other roots, and it's a mashup. And you remember, these syllables change and morph over the generations and the centuries. So it, it doesn't work that well. But scholars pretty much believe that it's a mashup of the Akkadian word, which means month, which is similar to the Hebrew yareach. And the yud somehow moved into a mem at some point, so yareach marach marcheshevah, and the cheshvan, the, sh- the shvan part, is um, a descendant of a word that meant eight, like shmona. You even hear shmona in shman at the end of cheshvan, and the mem there turned into a vav. So it's very likely that the original name of the month was actually marcheshevah. The mar, meaning bitter, is a midrashic add-on. And that when the ancients came to this month, they were simply saying, this is the eighth month. Eighth month of what? Eighth month since spring. The Jews um, marked the first month of Nisan as the birth of the people in the Exodus. But the ancients also started their calendar back then because it was springtime. The fact that it's the eighth month means something even more interesting for the Jew, which means that even if you go not the midrashic route, but the etymological scholarly route, and you think of this month as the eighth month, for a Jew, the eighth is significant because for a Jew, the eighth is the one after seven, the one after completion. So marcheshvan is the first month after we've completed the cycle of seven. And so midrashically, it's bitter because it has nothing. But on this read, it's open for anything because it's like Brit Mila on the first day after the seventh day, right? It's, it's, it's the day after Shabbat where all is possible. You haven't yet, you haven't yet built the week up yet. So what I want to do on, in the meditation, I just needed to give you that chunky background is to explore where we are in our spiritual selves right now on the day after the day after having finished the beginning of something new. Because mar cheshvan can mean that too, in addition to it, meaning empty and fallow and and bitter. Okay. Um, I know that was a long lead in. Questions or comments on that or shall we meditate? Okay. Oh, I need this meditation. I always need meditation, but now I really need it. Everyone close your eyes. And feel yourself descending into a wonderful, loud, quiet. A very intentional oxymoron there. I want it to be quiet in that hopefully you're in a relatively quiet place. Quiet in that you're pushing all the sounds that you might hear, the whirr of a motor, car passing by. Anything, push it to the periphery so that the only thing you're hearing with focus and intention is in my voice. But it's loud because our minds are always loud. And so once you get into auditory quiet and you hear the loudness of your mind, you need to work hard to go from a loud quiet to a quiet quiet. It's a second move. The first move of meditation is to close out unneeded stimuli by closing your eyes, trying to get into a quiet place. But then you meet your mind. And now use your mind to go one level deeper. Not just into quiet, but quiet, quiet. How do we do that? It's a paradox because if you ask of yourself to not think of the things that are in your mind that are making it a loud quiet, it will become an even louder quiet. So we move from a loud quiet to a quiet, quiet by focusing on our breathing. But the breathing is the magnet for everything else. All of your attention, if you feel your mind veering or straying, don't punish it, don't castigate it. Just tell yourself that's the moment to come back to breath, in through your nose and out through your mouth. The more you focus your mind on your breathing, the more you can descend into a quiet, quiet. And to use an image we haven't used frequently or recently. And if a thought, an image comes into your mind that intrudes upon your attempt to get to a quiet, quiet, imagine you are holding that thought or image as a balloon filled with helium. And you can let it go. Let it go. It might be replaced by another one. You'll notice that your hand once again It's holding on to a balloon. Let it go. Focus on your breathing. Let the helium balloons go. Enter into a quiet, quiet. And notice the places where your body feels heavy and weighted in a wonderful way. If you haven't already, put your hands, palm down on your legs or face up facing the heavens. And also as getting yourself into a quiet, quiet, your body needs to be a partner in that and every part of your body. So we move to some of the key problem areas. From your eyebrows, which you should unfurrow, because they are very likely furrowed. To your eyes, which might be closed but still clenched, there's no reason to clench them. Unclench them. Relax those muscles so that your eyes, eyelids, stay closed, but there's no stress or pressure around that area. Open your mouth a tiny bit so that there is some slack. And that jaw joint in your mouth lies open a little bit like the face of a baby in wonder. Keeping your neck and your spine straight and dignified. Let everything droop so that your body is in a quiet, quiet. Helping your mind be in a quiet, quiet. We finish and we start again. Marcheshvan. We reach completion seven seven days, seven months. And we start again. Once you look at reality and Jewish reality through that prism, the connections are everywhere. Mar cheshvan coming right after Simchat Torah, when we completed and we started again. Complete the Torah and start it again. What does it mean to start a text again where you know what it says if you've been reading along throughout the years, but you're still reading it again anew? That's Marcheshvan. New terrain, untrampled yet, unfilled, unexplored, uninterpreted. That is Marcheshvan. We think we know how this year will tune out because everything seems preordained in this pandemic era but no one has written the story yet of you in this marcheshvan this year as we start again again who will you be which path will you take in the Robert Frost Forest. On this Sunday morning, as it were, of months, when you wake up after the Shabbat, after the culmination, what's next? Where are you headed? How does it feel to be starting again? Again, the eighth is in some ways the first. Again, with an open wilderness in front of you, filled with possibilities, and the story is not. Yet written. You are writing it as you breathe today. You will write it with your choices, your convictions, and your devotions, and hopefully your love and your tenderness but it is not written yet. That is the promise of Marcheshvan. It is bitter if you make it so. It can be sweet and full if you make it so. We begin again, again. Mar When you're ready, you can open your eyes. We'll close with the closing blessing. And I apologize that this one went over by a few minutes. One second. Okay. I'm going to say this meditation, this closing meditation prayer three times. May we and all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness.